think I got the bird flu. I'm tired of selling packs. I think I need a bird or two. I think I got the bird flu. I'm tired of selling packs. What's going on, everybody? It is Jason Jaybird Goldstein here for another episode of The Bird's Eye View. We have a pretty busy episode for you guys today. I know it's been a while. I didn't even do an MLB preview show. I tweeted out my predictions. Uh, so I'll just quickly say them on air for the listeners who didn't see my tweet. MVP, I picked Otani, although after last night I might be taking that pick back and putting in Vlad Guerrero. I just picked Otani because uh, if Otani can pitch at a high level and hit at a high level, even if he's not the best at either of them, that's still incredibly valuable, and I think he'll win MVP as long as he stays healthy. A.L. So Young, I had Garrett Cole. I mean, that's my guy. I'm always going to pick him. If you're the ace of the Yankees, I'm going to pick you to win the Cy Young if you're a legitimate top-level guy. Although, Cole, you know, did not have the best of starts in these first two games, but it's still early. Like, I'm not going to worry. I'm going to touch on these Yankees later. A.L. Rookie of the Year, I had Bobby Witt Jr., although Stephen Kwan is on a tear. Like, dude was... 80 to 1 to start the year, rookie of the year odds, and now he's down to 6 to 1. Unbelievable. Uh, manager of the year, I'm picking just like Kevin Cash because, or Charlie Montoyo actually, because I think Blue Jays win the East and overcome a lot. So, yeah, those are my quick, just overall American League awards, uh, National League awards. I had NL MVP being Juan Soto because I think Juan Soto is just incredible and maybe even. Better than Mike Trout is right now if Mike Trout can't stay healthy. Uh, NL Cy Young, Walker Buehler. NL Rookie of the Year, I have Seo Sakuzi. I mean, if he stays healthy, I think like, he already looks like he has it locked up in only five games. And NL Manager of the Year, I had being uh, simply just Dave Roberts because I think since the Dodgers didn't have a really good season because how could they not? Uh, yeah, so that was really that. I'll quickly get my playoff picks. Obviously, it's sick that we have... No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to move on. I'll, I'll do baseball after. No, you know, screw it. Screw it. I'm going to talk baseball first. Uh, so, again, like, my my playoff picks. Uh, I had four teams that come out of the American League East, the Blue Jays, because I just I have the Blue Jays winning it. Like, first time in forever, I don't have the Yankees winning it all come preseason or even winning it the AL East come preseason but for that much. Uh, I'll get into the Yankees and my evaluation of them when I get to them, but the Blue Jays, like, I mean, the pitching has not been as great as I thought it would be early. You know, Gosman struggled. Barrios has struggled. Uh, what's his name? I mean, Manoa still looks just like he did last year. Manoa absolutely shut down the Yankees. And honestly, like, even though he's the rookie, he's the, or he's the second-year guy, he's the guy from this farm system. And, you know, guys like Barrios, guys like Ryu, Gosman, Kikuchi were all sort of big signings. Yeah, wow, that entire rotation was literally all signed as free agents outside of, I guess, Barrios was traded for and then re-signed. I mean, outside of that, Alec Mandoa was the only one in the organization. He might be the best of the bunch, honestly, because that kid is some special stuff. He seems like he dominates the Yankees every time he goes out there. And it's not just like the Yankees. It's not like he's Tanner Houck, who only dominates the Yankees. He's a, he's a special kid. Uh, and just, I mean, Vlad Jr. is just incredible. I mean, what Vlad Jr. did last night was just obscene three home runs right i mean he got his goddamn finger stepped on was almost gonna have to come out of the game uh after hicks and that has to hurt going through the tape and having a whole cleat digging into your finger like i I imagine that was pretty damn painful for vlad didn't flinch didn't care i mean belted 
three home runs off the Yankees, two off Cole, another double off Cole. He was just owning Garrett Cole. And, you know, MLB, you know, Yankee, Yankees haters, you know, they had a lot of fun with it. To them, you know, a game in April when the best hitter on the planet is hitting against Garrett Cole, who was still not really worked up. Everyone just loves to pile on. And, you know, it is funny. It is funny seeing the Yankees Twitter panic. Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Oh no! Oh no! But anyways, like uh, again, I have my Yankees talk coming up in a second here. Uh, you know, I have the Rays getting in. I just think you know, even though they lost a lot, they lost Joey Wendell. Uh, they're still not going to have Glass now this season. Um, they lost Austin Meadows, one of the bit, bit better hitters in that lineup. A couple bullpen guys. But this is still the Rays. This is still Kevin Cash we're talking about. I mean, some you know they signed Corey Kluber, and with the Rays and the way they just mold great pitching, Corey Kluber is all but certain probably going to throw back to his Indians days. And honestly, like you know, I threw yes, I said Indians because they are the Indians at the time when he played for them. And you know, I think threw five on Kluber to win like eight hundred for him to win the Cy Young or something like that. Because you know, plus that bump, they just they're they're so good at pitching. Although they did lose to Oakland today. You know, Arosa Rain is still there. Wander Franco, who I think is due for an MVP caliber season, is still there. Uh, this is, you know, what a great defensive catcher. I, I'm not worried about the Rays. And I have the Red Sox still making it, although I have the Red Sox actually finishing fourth place in the American League East. Um, look, the Red Sox have their concerns. Chris Sale being on the 60-day to start the season is not ideal. You know, they don't have Eduardo Rodriguez anymore after he left in free agency. So that's down two starters from last year. And they still have Nathan Avoldi, who has a, who's had a decent start. Uh, Tanner Houck, young guy, obviously, pitches very well against the Yankees. And just a few other guys in that rotation where it's not the sexiest and it's the bullpen's calls for alarm. But hey, like these were issues with the Red Sox all of last season, the rotation, the bullpen. And they still won 92 games with an incredible offense. And like I could literally just see that offense continuing the rake. Bogarts, Devers, Story, Dahlbeck. Uh, Verdugo, JD, it's just such an electric Boston offense where I think they're fine. Uh, and I have the Yankees get. I still have the Yankees getting in as a wild card. Uh, quickly talk about my the other teams. You know, AL Central. I have the White Sox winning it. Although, you know, people everyone's about second place is gonna be the Twins, the Tigers. Could either of them squeeze in? I don't think the Twins are that good. Look, Correa is a great player, but the Twins still have atrocious, atrocious pitching. Tigers are still very young and a lot of inexperience. Like this Guardians team, though, they're good. Like, out, like they're over under being at seventy five was crazy for a manager like Terry Francona, one of the best managers in the history of baseball. You know, a top five manager in the last decade. You know, top five manager since two thousand in the last century. Guardians have a damn good squad. Watch out for them. And I have the Astros winning the American League West. And just a man with these Yankees. So overall, like. Like any Yankee fan, I was pretty disappointed in the offseason. I wanted Correa. I, you know, any Yankee fan who didn't want Correa, in my opinion, does not have that commitment to winning. And here we go. We do this trade. We get Donaldson. We get IKF. And at first, like, I hate it. At first, I'm flipping out, thinking, what the fuck is this trade? What the hell are we doing as a team? And then, you know what? Okay. The trade eventually has dawned on me where... Where okay, IKF was a Gold Glove third baseman, still a good, still a good defensive shortstop. Yeah, no, that's not where he won his Gold Glove. Still really good defensively there. Donaldson, yeah, he's old, and he might not be like the Josh Donaldson of 
that we knew. But he still can provide some pop. You know, his swing in Yankee Stadium, he's a guy who gets on base a lot. And I sort of told myself into it. But then it gets frustrating where, and you know, okay, you don't, you don't want Correa, you don't want to sign Correa to a long-term deal because of the prospects, Volpe, whatever. But then here they go, Correa goes to Minnesota, basically for basically the contract that happens where, uh, you know, they give us Donaldson so they could sign Correa. To three years, $105 million. I would have loved to have gotten Correa on a short-term deal like that. It allows Volpe, and it allows, like, our other guy, uh, Perara, to come up. And after Correa, but Correa, we get the best defensive shortstop in baseball and an elite offensive bat. And that's my problem with this team so far. I mean, look, there, there's a lot of people who want to complain. I mean, they, I mean, this Yankees fan base, it's the dumbest fan base in all of baseball. I mean, people want to turn on Gallo and Hicks after five games. And Aaron Hicks has been one of the best hitters in the Yankee lineup this season. He's gotten on base over 40% of the time. He's hitting 353. And the thing with this, like, it seems like it's so funny. Look. I hate having IKF and I hate having Higgy in the lineup because they really are black holes on offense. Like it's having two black holes like that is horrendous uh, at this time. I mean, obviously it's only been six games. Look, you're not going to move Glaber back to shortstop. Um, so I mean, look, I'm going to accept the fact that IKF is going to be the most likely everyday shortstop, and you're going to have one of Higgy, Trevino, Ben Rodvert at catcher. But I mean, like every Yankee fan on Twitter wants to complain. With the lineup because somebody's bench. Like, we have a good problem. We actually have a problem where there's, you know, outside of catcher and shortstop, there's eight guys for seven spots. I think that's a pretty good problem to have. It keeps guys fresh. It allows guys to sit if needed and just having good rotation. You know, I mean, one reason why the Dodgers had been so good was they had those multiple guys they can rotate in and out so no one had to play every day, no one had to carry the lineup. Like, the results have been promising so far. Anthony Rizzo's looked good. On off, like really, really good looking, a lot like his Chicago days. Obviously, it's early on. Uh, you know, Glaber's had some pretty good swings here and there, a lot off to a lot better start than he was there last year. Look, this team still has plenty of issues, but like people tend to overreact so much to when we have one loss. Uh, it's literally, you know, everyone, Cole sucks, Cole sucks. Oh my god, we're paying this guy all that money. Like, two things about Garrett Cole, guys. Uh, first off, like. All right, I'm 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 gonna give pitchers a break during the first like four to five weeks of the season. Probably I'd say more the first four, like let's say the first month of the season, I'll give them a break, and that's because you know everyone's working pitch counts up. You know, it's simply you know you just saw like Kershaw, Kershaw threw 80 pitches, was perfect through seven innings, and got pulled because it's because we had a shortened spring training. Everyone has to build their pitch count up. Everyone has to get into their like midseason form. Now Cole. He's going to give up the home runs. That's what happens when you play in a stadium like Yankee Stadium with that short porch. You know, I know everyone wants to complain, oh, Yankees don't have pitching, Yankees don't have pitching. But one reason why it seems like we don't have pitching every year is because of the stadium we play. And it's just like, I mean, look at Colorado where they're never going to have pitching because of where they play. But anyways, like, like people are so fast to like, get on like all these guys. I mean, look, Higgy and I can't deserve it. But, you know, Donaldson has not gotten any grief. And DJ, although DJ, you know, he, he gets grief. DJ gets grief from the nerds. The nerds hate DJ because, oh, batting average, batting average, it doesn't mean anything. You know, oh, he hit 350. I don't care. I mean, like, obviously, you know, DJ's looked a lot more like, some, some of his swings look a lot more like 2019, 2020 DJ, which is excellent. Uh, and, like, that, that's been a positive. So the offense looks good. I mean, obviously, what, it's been 
six games. I'm not going to take six games and be like, yeah, we're back. I'm not going to take six games and freak out about the fact that we're three and three. And, you know, but look, so far from this team, though, they have had the same issues that have plagued them over the past couple of seasons. Uh, They've been living and dying by the long ball. And look, that's okay. I mean, the Rays did that last year, too. And, you know, no one talks about that. But the problem is they're not getting hits with the runners in scoring position. Some of the Red Sox and the Rays do. I mean, against Boston, 11 men left on base. The same thing against Toronto the first game. Yesterday, we had three three runs on we had nine hits. So we're leaving a lot of guys on base again, and that's no good. That's no bueno. Uh, but I'm obviously, like, look, it's a young season. Uh, I'm still excited to see what this team has. And I'll be honest, though, like, the Yankees were not my pick to win the American League. I mean, this team, look, I love this team, and I think they're definitely a playoff team. But, you know, as, as, as long as things stood in the preseason, the Yankees were not my pick to win the American League. I mean, look, obviously that's their ceiling. They definitely can win a World Series. But this team also does have a lot of what-ifs. Look, I mean, so far, guys like Rizzo have looked, got Rizzo, Judge, Stan have looked really good early. But, you know, a lot of the what-ifs. Can guys stay healthy? Can Aaron Hicks keep producing the way he's been producing? Can Gallo figure it out? Can Glaber continue his sort of bounce back now that he's playing second? Uh, Can the pitching hold up? How will Severino look when healthy? So that's my problem with this Yankee team. There's a lot of what-ifs. It feels like they need a lot to go right for them to win the World Series. Can they? Absolutely. But I'm not going to come into this year and just assume that everything is going to go right for this team because... You know, that's why I've, I've done that blindly so many times and I've gotten heartbroken. Like, this team is to show me that they're going to, that they are play, that they can play World Series caliber baseball for me to actually pick them. So, yeah, like, it's crazy. But I'm pissed. So that's why I have the Blue Jays out of the American League. Uh, quickly, going to go through the National League. So I had the Braves and the Mets. I mean, come on, those rosters are just fucking stacked. I mean the Braves. I mean the Braves are the World Series champions, and they got better. They had, they well, yeah they lost Freddie Freeman. They replaced him with Matt Olson, who I was I wanted in a Yankee uniform so badly. I mean Rizzo's been off to a good start, so I'm not complaining at this moment. Uh, I mean the Cunha is going to come back eventually. That's addition from injury. Mike Soraka, who pretty much missed the second half of last, pretty much missed the last two years with a broken an assortment of injuries, is going to be back, and he was. He was the young guy on this Brave staff. I know Max Fried has probably taken that, and there's still Charlie Morton, but, like, no, I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. Uh, the Mets, I mean, yeah, DeGrom's hurt, but come on. This this roster is freaking loaded with the money Stevie spent. There's no way they can miss the playoffs. I have the Brewers and the Cardinals making it. I just think the Brewers, between rotation and bullpen, it's the best in baseball. The offense I'm worried about, I mean, if Christian Yelich can just be, if Christian Yelich can just be 80%, 80% of the guy he was in 2019, 2020, my, or not even 2020, because if he can be 20% of the guy he was in 18, 19, like, my God, the Brewers could be dangerous. I mean, the offense needs to get better there. I mean, I think, you know, guys like McCutcheon, they still have really good defense, although, you know, Willie Adamas could be a better defender. He's still a really good shortstop. And just that, as long as they have that pitching and that bullpen and that rotation, I'm just going to simply, like, pick this team to win the NL Central. And then I'm picking the Cardinals as a wild card. I just think they have such good, you know, Yadier, Albert, Wainwright, such good leaders in the locker room. Multiple guys, Tyler O'Neill, Arenado, Goldschmidt, Tommy Edmond, Paul DeYoung, even at his age, Yadier Molina, pretty much their entire starting lineup, even if they don't hit the best, are gold glove caliber guys. And defense is so valuable in baseball where 
that's going to help this team a ton. I have the, And then I have the Padres and the Dodgers making it out of the NOS. I mean, the Dodgers are just incredible. Loaded from top to bottom. Arguably the most loaded lineup in baseball. You know, Kershaw Bueller at the top of that rotation. I mean, Kershaw looks that looked as good as he did 10 years ago yesterday with those seven innings. I mean, honestly, better because he never had a perfect game before. Uh, you know, they retooled the bullpen with adding a Craig Kimbrell. So, yeah, like that's a really, really good Dodgers team. Padres, I just think they're due for a bounce back. They might have the best rotation in baseball. Mike Clevenger, Hugh uh, Darvish, um, Shamania, who they added, Joe Musgrove, who had a big year for them last year. And I'm, I'm trying to remember who the fifth guy is. I know, I mean, I, I think Lamette's coming out of the bullpen now for them, but that's just because they have that depth. I mean, that rotation is stacked. Eventually, Mackenzie Gore is going to come up, although he'll probably be out of the bullpen. For them, just a star, which we see teams do with their young starters now. I mean, just like it's a loaded, loaded Padres team, and it was hard to leave a lot of teams out. Like the people want to complain about expanding the playoffs to six teams. In my opinion, that's fine. Now seven would have been a lot, but the NL, like there's other guys in there. There's the Phillies, who I mean, the Phillies have one of the top offenses in baseball: Harper, Schwarber, Castellanos, Reese Hoskins, J.T. Realmuto. Problem is. That defense and bullpen are atrocious. I mean, I've already seen a lot. I mean, Alec Baum committed three errors in three innings. And I mean, Philly fans, like, they don't deserve the playoffs after. And I saw a video yesterday. A Philly fan takes another, takes a Mets fan's phone, throws it on the field, and just laughs him, mocks him, and just basically goes, hey, hey, asshole. And it was the most, it was, it was hilarious because it was the most Philly thing ever. And this guy had the strongest Philly accent. It, it was so funny. Uh, so yeah, then there, and then it was hard to leave the Giants out. I just thought the Giants, they lost a few pieces. I mean, like, the Giants could easily prove me wrong because, like, they were sick last year. Uh, so then, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm picking the Braves to repeat. I just think they, uh, they added a lot. Being a defending champion, adding a guy like Matt Olson, adding Ronald Acuna back, although not as a free agent. I mean, Ronald Acuna was one of the top players in baseball all of last season. Matt Olson was one of the top players in baseball all of last season. And look, Freddie Freeman was a great first baseman, but now they are adding two guys who are they are adding two guys who are arguably the best player at their position. Okay, Matt Olson's not the best player in his position because that's Vlaguero Jr. But Matt Olson is arguably the second best first baseman in baseball. Vlaguero Jr. is arg- or, excuse me, Ronald Acuna Jr. is arguably the best. Okay, it's probably the third best. It's probably the third best outfielder in baseball, arguably behind Trout and and Soto. We've seen you know with Trout's injury history. Plus, Mike Soraka. I mean, this team is loaded. They added more to the bullpen. They added Kenley Jansen. I mean, Will Smith was fantastic. Tyler Massick was fantastic for them in the postseason. Now they get Kenley Jansen as a closer. Like this Braves team, it's it's going to be fun to watch. Oh, Marcelo Zuna. Marcelo Zuna's coming back, too. Like That's another guy. So much addition from guys who didn't even play in this World Series run last year. Like This Braves team, loaded. That's why I have the Braves winning it all. And, yeah. Uh, quickly, I'm going to go through my awards. Oh, no, I know. I just did go through the awards already. I already said Suzuki, yeah. Uh, anyways, so, NBA. You know, I gave my MLB, you know, early season picks. NBA, now we're actually starting the playoffs. Uh, my New York Knicks, not in the playoffs. I'll be honest, I did not watch a Knicks game like the last month of the season. There was March Madness on. I'm watching either Succession. I'm watching rewatching Better Call Saul, which Better Call Saul, best show on TV. If you don't like, if you love Breaking Bad, like I think Better Call Saul is a better t- better TV show. Like, like that's like you know I know 
I know this is a sports podcast, but this one, this one is going, this post is specifically for the Instagram, just telling people to watch Better Call Saul because it is the best show on TV. Like, if you love Breaking Bad, you're going to love this show. A lot of people who I've talked to honestly think that it's better than Breaking Bad. Now, it, it's close to me. If Saul can stick the landing, it honestly will probably pass Breaking Bad for me. Uh, I highly recommend it. It comes back Monday. And, yeah, I'm really, really, really looking forward to that. Just, I highly couldn't recommend it more. But anyways, like, you know, I was, anyways, I was re-watching it. So, you know, I'm watching that over. Why would I want to watch the Knicks? Because this is especially when the Knicks were playing just absolutely unwatchable basketball. Uh, obviously, look, the season ended better. Once Randall got hurt and we were playing the young guys, you know, Obi and Quickly both played great down the stretch of the year. And I'm really excited for them. Uh, I mean, look, I don't know what the hell the offseason holds for us. Uh, I mean, obviously, I was disappointed. You know, I expected at the very worst for the Knicks to be in the play-in game, but here they are missing the postseason. Uh, you know, being be, you know typical Knicks season, uh, we're probably going to end up realistically getting like the tenth or eleventh pick in the lottery. That's just like how it goes for the Knicks. Uh, you know, I'm, I'll start doing my lottery scouting for who guys who we could get once we actually know our pick. I mean, the off season, I really don't know. I would honestly, I would love to trade Randall. I mean, we, we should have done it last year when he had all this value, and now he's not, you know, it's going to be hard to trade him at this point just because I want to be able to play Obi Top and I want to be able to play Emmanuel quickly. But, I mean, who knows if Thibodeau would even play them because you know, we all know Thibodeau hates playing young guys. And, I mean, yeah, no, it was, I mean, it was a disappointing year for the Knicks. Uh, although not watching them the last couple weeks of the season was definitely good for my mental health. And, like, could have been worse. Could have been the Lakers who had championship aspirations and were as bad as they were. Like, I mean, that was just disastrous. An absolute disaster of a season for the, for the Knicks I mean, for the, and, and the Lakers. I mean, Russell Westbrook. Look, and I said this. Did I not say before the season, how are Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and a center going to play together? They all did not play together well, and they barely played together because of injury. And look, I mean, I mean it's, it was embarrassing what happened to this Lakers team. It was truly embarrassing. Like, they should be ashamed of themselves. And now we're going to talk about, you know, playing teams. You know, one thing LeBron got criticized for last year was saying he didn't like the playing game. And I'm going to come out and say it. You know, everyone praises it. Everyone says Adam Silver did a great job. I think the playing game is stupid. You know, a, a lot of people complain with the MLB. Why would they expand the seven teams? Like with the NBA, with the play-in, you're pretty much giving 10, 10, 10 out of 15 teams in the conference now are pretty much in. You, 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 I'll be honest, you could talk me into – like the play-in in a situation like how it was in the bubble where it's separated by four games or so, and then you get a play-in tournament like we like we in the East where a bunch of teams are good. But you but there in no world, in no world should the Pelicans win 36 games, the Spurs win 34 games, and have to simply win two basketball games again in the playoffs against either the Clippers or the Timberwolves. Like just imagine if the Timberwolves well, I mean if the Timberwolves lose to the Clippers, this is a this is a team with 46 wins and they have an off game. Somebody gets hurt in that game and they lose to the Pelicans and they're not making the playoffs. Like no, like I I think the playing tournament, you want to be in the playoffs, be a top eight seed. Simple as that. Like that, that's the way I look at it. Be a top eight seed. There's a reason you're seed of one through eight. There's a reason that, you know, it's based on standings in the other leagues too. You want to be in the playoffs. Be an eight, be a seed that's BC to one through eight. Be better. Simple. Like, again, you could convince me, okay, the Nets and the Cavs won 44, the Hawks and the Hornets won 43. Close. Put, put a play in tournament for that. 
But how are the the Clippers, 42 and 40, playing the Pelicans? They were six games better, six games better than the Pelicans, and they get and they, all of a sudden if the Clippers have an off day, uh, the Pelicans have one good day. The Pelicans deserve to get in. No, like. It, it, it makes no sense. And if the Spurs had won, the Spurs having 34 wins and needing to beat a team one other time to get in the playoffs, it's a I, – I, look, I understand why they did the plan, and especially in the bubble it made sense. And even last year in a 72-game season when you didn't play that full 82-game season, it even made a little bit of sense. But I just don't I, – I, I think if they're going to keep the play-in tournament, it has to at least be adjusted. But the way I look at it, you want to get in the playoffs, be a top eight seed. Simple as that. And also, also, though, I do love the Timberwolves celebrating that because, look, they're celebrating getting into the playoffs. Same thing. In baseball, you celebrate. You know, I saw a comparison to this. In baseball, when a team gets into the ALDS, we go crazy. When a team clinches a wild card berth, you know, we go crazy. When a team wins a postseason series, we go crazy. This is basically the same thing as winning a series. You're getting into the postseason. Like, I don't know why everybody's hating on Pat Bev for getting so happy. I'm an, I'm a Knicks fan for crying out loud. We celebrated winning one postseason game, like we just won the NBA championship, and ended up not winning the series. So yeah, like let Pat Bev celebrate, man. Stop hating on the guy. Uh, anyway, so I do think the Clippers, regardless, even if it's stupid, they will beat the Pelicans. And if they lose to the Pelicans, there needs to be a legitimate conversation about the playing game. I think the Hawks are going to beat the Cavs. I just think the Cavs with Jared Allen, you know, he's just, I just said he's 50, I just saw he's 50-50. Even if Jared Allen does play, how healthy is he going to be? And the Hawks, they made it to the conference finals last year. They have that experience. So, yeah, I, I do like the Hawks to win that game. And now we get into the postseason predictions. So, in the East, I'm just going to go right through my East. I think the Bucs, the Heat, I think the Hawks could give the Heat a series. But in the end, I would have the Heat beating the Hawks in probably five or six games. Let's call it six. Let's call it six games. The Hawks have been a better team in the second half, and they're hot. Uh, the Celtics-Nets, I mean, the Celtics-Nets is going to be one hell of a series. I'm really excited for this. Uh, apparently, Simmons could return in game four or five, maybe get games four through six. I'm seeing as a range for Simmons. I mean, look, Boston, they have, they're going to have the two... Two of the three best players on the – I'm not even going to say they have the two best players. Uh, you know, I don't know who's better, honestly, Kyrie or Tatum. But Kyrie, you know, it's was, it was just – I mean, Kyrie didn't I – was, I was at the game against Cleveland on on Tuesday. He didn't miss a shot for the first three quarters. Like, if you're getting that Kyrie, you're getting that KD. But this is still a team. Who's going to be that third option? Is Bruce Brown going to be able to step up as a third option? Okay, this is a legitimate Celtics defense. And, like, Marcus Smart is going to make life a lot tougher on Kyrie than – than whoever else, than whoever did on the Cavs, you know, uh, they not having Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, whoever is going to be thrown at KD. You know, Bruce Brown's not going to get as many great looks as he did against Cleveland, and that's because of the defenders the Celtics have. Uh, in the end, man, like I want to, I really, really want to pick the Celtics, but I have the Nets winning that series just because, just because look, if Robert Williams is there. I have the Celtics, but I think Robert Williams, a guy of his caliber on the defensive end, makes the difference, and that's why the Nets beat the Celtics. Uh, I have the Bucks beating the Bulls. In, I, I, I'm going to give the Nets over Celtics in seven. That series is going seven, in my opinion. I'm going to have the Bucks sweeping the Bulls. I mean, the Bulls are just pathetic at this point. I have the Raptors beating the 76ers. Look, it's a common upset pick. 
Harden and Embiid have showed a tendency to not get it done in the postseason. And this Raptors team still has a lot of guys who have won the championship. They match up incredibly well against Philly. So, look, I have, I have the Raptors winning that series in seven games. So, like, so now it's going to be Raptors, Heat. I think the Raptors could, you know, could give the Heat a scare. They played them well in the regular season, but this Heat team, just with their depth, uh, you know, with how good their defense is, I have the Heat winning that series. Bucks, Nets, again, like, will be another tough series, and I still have still having trouble with that Nets-Celtics series. Uh, but in the end, I'm going to go with the Bucks because, you know, I assume if the Nets are, are this far, Simmons is back, and there's just not enough chemistry there. Even if Simmons isn't there, you know, haven't, th- this unit has not played enough games together. I would just I would take the Bucks over them in a seven-game series, probably in seven games as well. Uh, and then setting up a Bucks Heat Conference Finals, the last two the last two Eastern Conference champions. Think we'd get a, a pretty decent matchup, but in the end, I would take the Bucks to win that series in six games, winning the Eastern Conference, and then we would move on to the Western Conference. I have, I mean, the the Suns are going to beat the Clippers. Probably in five games. I know if somehow the Pelicans make it, it'll be a sweep. I mean, this team has just been the best team all year, uh, like far and away. You know, they had the first month or month or two where they were with the Warriors, and the Warriors were sort of like fighting with them for uh, like the one seed. But after the Warriors' injury problems caught up to them, the Suns definitely just ran away with that number one overall seed in the in the in the Western Conference. Uh, so yeah, I have them winning. The Grizzlies, people like the Timberwolves as an upset pick. I personally think the Grizzlies are going to beat the Timberwolves. But both teams play gritty defense. There's going to be a lot of unders hitting in this series. But I think the Grizzlies' pace is going to be a lot. And I think that they could, uh, they you know, inside, a lot of their game is inside. They can get Carl Towns in foul trouble, which could definitely happen this series with the way the Grizzlies attack, like the attack inside. You know, they're going to need D'Lo and... And Anthony Edwards to have games that they did in the play and a lot, which both of them just had incredible games. But and I can definitely see this series going six games. Uh, the three seed is gonna be the uh, who do I just say? Oh, the Warriors versus the Nuggets. No, these were two teams. I my two preseason bets were on these teams to win the Western Conference. I have like two hundred on the Warriors, like fifty on the Nuggets. I just think you know Steph Curry practice in full should be back for Game One. Simply because, look, I mean, I love Jokic. I have yeah, some things I want to say about Jokic shortly. I love, I love this Nuggets team. I know they were my preseason pick to win the Western Conference, but I thought Murray Porter would be here. They're not there. Give me Warriors in six because I don't know how healthy everyone, the team's going to be still. And Jazz versus Mavs. I mean, Luka, he's at, looks like he's out for game one. I have the Jazz winning this because I just, the Jazz, I just think the Jazz also are a much more talented roster than the Mavericks are. I think they just have a lot better players. Rudy Gobert is gonna make you know gonna make life tough in the paint. The Ma- I don't think the Mavs have enough talent to expose Rudy Gobert's uh, lack of rotation defense the way the Clippers were last year. So I have the Jazz winning this series. Uh, Luca being back helps, but I still probably have the Jazz winning this in seven. Yeah, yeah, give me seven. Uh, so now that would set up Jazz versus Suns. I'd have the Suns being the Jazz in like five. Again, the Suns are just, just a wagon. Grizzlies, Warriors. I think the Warriors, they've had too many injury problems. They've, there's been guys in and out of the lineup. 
I don't trust how healthy the Warriors are going to be going up against a tough defensive team like the like the Grizz. I have the Grizz beating the Warriors. I think this will be another epic series, a seven-game series. So Grizzlies win. And then that sets up our Grizzlies versus Suns conference finals. Uh, look, I, I haven't picked them all year, but I'm going to have to pick the Suns probably in six. And look, I, I hate to do it. I hate to go with the same finals as last year, Suns, Bucks. But I just th- that in the end, it's like the Suns have been the best team in the West all season long. You know, the Warriors, I don't know really know how healthy they're going to be. The Grizzlies, I still think, are a year away. The Nuggets have just way too many injuries, although I think healthy, I would, healthy, I would have picked them to win the West. Uh, and that's why the East, again, the Nets, they, they, haven't, they haven't played enough together. There's, there's a lack of chemistry issues. The Celtics, they're going to be battle-tested early on against the Nets, and that's going to be just – that series could tire them out early on. And, again, I don't know if, you know, how, how, how healthy is Robert Williams, the Heat. The, they're a really, really good team. But will they be able to beat the Bucs again? Because, in my opinion, who's going to be able to stop Giannis in a seven-game series? That's why I'm picking the Bucs in the East. And I'm picking Bucs over Suns. Like, the re- same thing as last year. That just, that's just what I think is going to happen. Like, boring, but – I, I, I can't t- I can't find any other solution that I'm gonna have. That's simply that. Like I try to think about it. I really try to think. Okay, you know, I try to think. Okay, Celtics, not the Sixers. The Sixers are always gonna choke. N- the Nets, no, I hate the Nets. I really don't want to see them in. And I mean, look, I mean, obviously, if Katie and Kyrie had played most of the year, they're probably a two or three seed, and they're probably my pick. On uh, the Heat, the Heat can. The Heat very well can. I just like the Bucks slightly better than them. And the West just yeah, like so that's it. Bucks over Suns. Uh quickly gonna go through my awards. So most of these haven't changed from my midseason awards. I know preseason I said Luca uh I'm gonna go MVP last actually. Preseason I said Jordan Clarkson sixth man. I've said a hero as middle of the season. I said here and I'm obviously sticking with Tyler here. I mean, there's no one else who really deserves it. Uh Rookie of the year, Jalen Green is my preseason pick. I'm going Evan Mobley. I mean, there's a lot of guys who are up there. Evan Mobley, Cade Cunningham, Scotty Barnes. Uh, that's my biggest thing, Mobley. Mobley and Barnes were both on playoff teams. You know, Mobley was slightly better defensively than Scotty Barnes. And just that's probably why I'm going Mobley. He had the slightly better defensive rating, but it's very close. Like, it can really go either way with those two. And, like, Mobley was really a stale – a Stayed in that lineup when the Cavs battled through injury. Uh, most improved, I said Jaron Jackson at the beginning of the season. Mid-season, I switched to his teammate, John Moran. I'm keeping John. I know people said, oh, how, why is John getting it? He was already good. Well, John went from, you know, fringe young star to superstar, improved his defense a ton, really improved a lot of aspects of his game, and brought this Grizzlies team now from a team that was a playing team to a legitimate contender in the Western Conference. Yeah, it's uh, John Morant. Uh, defensive player, my preseason pick was Bam Adebayo. He missed time with injury. You know, midseason pick, he was still injured. I switched my pick to Draymond Green, although I said, you know, I'm not sure how, you know, depending on how long he's out. And then now Draymond got injured. He was injured for a while, and it's been hard. But in the end, I'm going with Marcus Smart for Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, it's been a long time since the guard won it, but Smart has played in the vast majority of the Celtics games. He locks up so many guys at 6-1, guys who are much bigger than him, no fear. And the Celtics have had one of the best defenses in the NBA this year, 
And now they, they, you know, Robert Williams was considered the anchor of that defense. The defense was still top tier, even when Williams went out. You know, Marcus Smart just had a hell of a season on the defensive end. And look, I put two to win 180 on him in the preseason. Two measly dollars to win 180. And that very well could hit. So, yeah, I'm picking Marcus Smart as my defensive player of the year. Coach of the year, I said Jason Kidd in the preseason. Uh, you know, then middle, middle of the season, I said J.B. Bickerstaff. And now, look, everywhere I'm seeing is having Monty Williams. But I'm picking Taylor Jenkins. And look, Monty Williams, don't get me wrong. You know, I know I, I'm not hating on him because I know I didn't pick him last year. But like he, last year the Suns were a top team in the NBA, went to the finals. This year they were a top team in the NBA, went to the finals. So like, or might go to the finals. But look, to my opinion, the team didn't. You know, you know, you know, the team was still intact from they were what they were last year. They obviously they had more guys. Cam Johnson, Cameron Payne playing bigger roles off the bench this year. Uh, JaVale McGee, but Taylor Jenkins took a Grizzlies team that was a a playing team. You know, that traded Giannis Valanciunas in the offseason that people thought, okay, so the Grizzlies, are they going for are they going for a high lottery pick? No, like Taylor Jenkins is my coach of the year. MVP, my preseason pick was Luka. Midseason pick was Jokic. And now that the season is over, I'm still picking Jokic as my MVP. And look, people want to say Giannis, people want to say Embiid. And look, I get you know, people want to say, oh, oh, 48 wins, six seed. Okay, the, the Sixers and the Bucks just won three more games than Jokic. Now look, I, mean, I get you know I get oh they were more, they had more points for Jokic is doing things that you've never seen before and pretty much leading in almost every single advanced stat you know you know and you know the numbers he put up the I believe it was the number the stat line he put up has never been done before in NBA history Jokic and you look at the, like who was his second best player Aaron Gordon. You know, Joel Embiid, his second-best player, was James Harden. Before James Harden, it was a really, really good season from Tyrese Maxey, you know, arguably Tobias Harris. Giannis's second-best player was Chris Middleton, all-star. Drew Holiday, you know, Drew Holiday was his third-best player. A guy was a fringe all-star. No, Jokic is the MVP, in my opinion. The way, he, I mean, without him, the Nuggets are not probably not even in the playing game. They've had injuries all year. Porter, he didn't have Porter Jr. He didn't have Jamal Murray. It is Jokic. Jokic is the MVP over Embiid. I don't want to hear, oh, Embiid, 30 points. The plus-minus stats when Jokic is on the court versus when they're all, he's off the court is insane. And, like, you know, it's it's Jokic. So that's it. Like, again, MVP, Jokic, Rookie of the Year, Mobley, Most Improved Jaw, Sixth Man Hero, Defensive Player Smart, Coach Jenkins, Bucks over Suns in the finals, and... You know, that's it. One one thing I was hoping to do was a fan mock draft. Um, so, you know, I think I did this last year, my fan mock draft, and I still have it going on. The Chiefs are currently on the clock. I messaged someone on Twitter who I know, hoping that they can make that pick for me. If not, the fan mock draft will be out next episode, probably alongside my official mock draft. I'm also going to tweet out the fan mock draft. Uh, but first thing I want to do, obviously, just you know, talk, talk about Dwayne Haskins. Uh, you know, Dwayne Haskins was the quarterback at Ohio State when I was there. I wanted bang the door, bang the window, bang the glass to have Dwayne Haskins as the Giants quarterback. I mean, I wanted my guy that I watched at Ohio State. If he could be the quarterback of my NFL team, I'd be thrilled. And he was, you know, he tragically passed away Saturday morning, stunning, getting hit by a car. And I'm not gonna lie, I was I was pretty shaken up from it. So I mean, obviously. This is a kid who was just a year older than me, uh, pretty much two years older than me. Uh, he turned 20, he was going to turn 25 in May. I turned 24 in May. 
Oh, no, so he, no, he is a year older than me. What am I at? Literally a year older than me. Yeah, what am I saying? Uh, and just, you know, a really, really good kid. And it was sad to see. Now, April 9th was the 40th anniversary of my mom's passing. And I'll be honest, this was like the first year with my mom's passing where it didn't necessarily uh, hit me over the top of like being, wow, this is the anniversary of her passing. This is just a rough day. I'm sad. I, was, I wasn't feeling that for most of the day until uh, Dwayne Hassan's death happened. That made me emotional. It just made me think about a lot of things. And that was just really upsetting for just such a young kid. I mean, everything you're hearing about him, such a good young person. So many stories coming out about the person Dwayne was. And like Adam Schefter, like I lost all, I lost pretty much most of my respect that I had for Adam Schefter with his tweet about Dwayne. That's just how I feel. I'm not going to harp on what Schefter said. The main thing is just honoring Dwayne Haskins, a great quarterback. Uh, you know, th- thank you for Dwayne for everything you gave Ohio State. You know, my some great Dwayne memories. The Penn State comeback was just incredible. Coming in his freshman year against Michigan when JT Barrett got hurt, leading that second half comeback to beat the Wolverines, keep us, you know, keep the season alive. And you know, unfortunately, we didn't get into the postseason that year because of the two losses. But you know, keep keep that streak alive. Then he had that incredible next season. Obviously, I mentioned the Penn State comeback. The last two games of the year against Maryland, which was a game that was one of the most frustrating wins that I witnessed as an Ohio State fan. The next week, the win over Michigan, where we put up 63 points. Uh, I know Hassan was responsible for a lot of things. I thought he was going to be a special kid in the NFL, and you just you really hate to see it that someone so young, and you know, with a lot of their life ahead of them, tragically loses his life, and something that's just so, so, so horrible. Ah. Uh, but anyways, that's it for Dwayne Haskins. Um, honestly, I think with the fan, you know, I think that was honestly the. I think with Dwayne Haskins, that felt like the right way to end this episode. So I think the fan mock draft is gonna come probably in my next episode. But look out for that on Twitter. Again, I want to thank everybody who supported the podcast thus far. Remember, go follow the Birds Eye View podcast on Instagram. Go follow Jay Bird's Eye View on Twitter for all my latest live reactions to games and breaking news. Thank you, everybody, and have a great rest of your day.